Hello everyone uh, and welcome back to my podcast. My name is Jeanette and I'm so happy to have you listening or tuning in, however you want to classify it. Like usual, I will be using the Dolman Voices Anthropology as my source of literature and um, for this episode I do want to focus on poet Molly Spotted Oak. Uh, again, like usual, um, I'll go ahead and give a brief a brief background uh, on them and then jump right into her poetry. Uh, so, Molly, Molly Spotted Elk was born Mary Alice Nelson. Um, I know this is a podcast, but when I googled her, y'all, I was like stunned. Like, she is drop-dead gorgeous. She is absolutely beautiful. Um, I'm honestly, like, not even kidding. Um take this time right now, like, pause this, go Google her image, um, she is gorgeous, um, but back to it, Molly Spotted Elk was born November of 1903, she passed away February of 1977, um, so not too, too long ago, um, she was born on Indian Island in Maine, and she belongs to the Pinnable Scott tribe, um, Something interesting uh, to note that her father was a political leader for the tribe and also became the first Penobscot uh, member to attend Dartmouth College. So that is a feat in itself because, one, he was the first um, person of their tribe to attend the college. And Dartmouth is um, a highly esteemed college, um, even till uh, still till today, uh, Dartmouth is one of those, like, primo uh, schools that everyone knows the name of. Um, with a slight Philly connection, you know, Molly, Molly Spotted Elk did attend the University of Pennsylvania for roughly about two years before she had to uh, drop out for financial reasons, but um, that didn't hinder her at all because she did go on to pursue her uh, dance career. Um, she danced in um, nightclubs in New York and also in Texas before she starred in a silent film titled The Silent Enemy in 1930. Um, she p- played a woman in love with the warrior, um, Sylvester Long. Doesn't ring a bell to me, but he was a celebrity at the time. and um, The movie was really popular. Um, Later in the 1930s, she moved to Paris. She fell in love, got married, had a daughter. Um, she ended up fleeing France during World War One, and that's when she really began to work on her poetry, um, just compiling things that she was told about in indigenous, indigenous stories and their traditions. Um, it's rumored that she was working on a novel before her passing, um, but, you know, we'll never know. Um... Now all of her work is stored in the University of Maine in the Folklore Center. Um, So again, just like uh, in my previous episode when I focused on Zara Sisko Bro, um, I'm focusing on another author who did have um, a pretty well-documented life. Um, And rather the rather interesting one as well. Um, And I think it's kind of interesting to focus on um, stories of Native Americans that, you know, tend to put, like, because, you know, we tend to put um, Natives in stereotypical or typecast box. um, And when stories like Molly Spotted Elk comes out, that really does break that mold that 
It enables us to write that old rhetoric of Indians and teepees and them living minimalistically. Um, so it's good because uh, just throw a, a new kind of like uh, viewpoint out there. So Molly Spotted Elk was a person um, of Indian descent and she was well known in the U.S. and for her to actually move abroad at that time too as a woman of color. Um, I think that's just something that we have to acknowledge and actually respect. So um, I personally like her story because it does change my one story aspect of Native Americans and hopefully yours as well. But let's go ahead and dive into some of her poetry. Uh, to start off, I'm going to read the poem entitled, We're in the Chorus Now. Aztec days. We are the famous Aztec girls. You've heard so much about. We're noted for our happy smiles and for our dancing, too. Most everybody likes us. We hope you'll like us, too. As we go dancing and the old Kirk begins to play, you can hear them sing. The Aztec girls are surely just the thing. A Russian mystery. She was a lily. She was the lily fair and white with golden curls and wistful eyes. She was a fairy in the light, a mystery enshrouded in lies. Lillian, whose lovely face, a thing of beauty, read the line to grace and loveliness and duty. The rascal, Audrey, whose petite being and twinkling arts, childish outburst in the simple back, was the kid and acrobat. The singing deceiver, Mabel, who was like a chameleon and, those, and whose tongue mellowed with bitter and sweet words. The gold digger, Ruth, whose sharply, who shapely figure and superstitious nature, red hair, had red hair vamped her, called her, her bows from the smart set and her friends from the ranch. Her partner, Jean from, from old St. Louis, a champ Charlestoner and St. Louis demonstrator, a typical showgirl who knew all stage language and tricks and rivaled a parrot for swearing. An English Heather Bloom, Violet the teaser and fictitious, whose personality beamed in the feet that would tap. Their size didn't stop any prep for the tiller step. Who has fallen in love with the light-haired Hair Jackson, the witty newsman in front? All of the sweetness, Mabel, a lovely flower from New York. Her friendship and smiles are like haunting fragrance that lingers after she's gone. Untold charm, Charlotte. There's beauty in her soul, and she, her love shines from her eyes. And who still can blush and, and graceful be. To those who know her well, we moderns. Betty, a damsel from San, San Antonio who can pet and smoke and drink and gain more jolly pounds than anyone I've ever known, yet who loves her Billy so and doesn't know just what to do. A rare book, Gisela, is a rare is like a rare book bound in all uh, is worthwhile by the leather of intelligence on whose page one can find understanding love and trust a ballerina who someday will take her name to fame because it's ballet true like true she likes and art to her is work and strife 
It's up in the morning, rehearsal at 10, down in the ballroom of Gunter Hotel. First there was a stretch and limbering up, un- until Old Pot Mason yelled to begin. It's this and that step they'll do for today in tempo. Let's keep. We'll try it again. In line goes the call. We drop into place with faces at front, our eyes straight ahead. It may be a waltz, a buck and a wing, a tiller routine, or the, la- the latest thing. Whatever the dance is, we pupils watch him, and soon to all be all doing that very same thing. Again and again, we'd have to begin. From where we just started, beginning to end, essence right and left, then double essence right. Reverse the step and give it a pep. Um, so, uh, right off the bat, obviously the story um, is about... Uh, Mary Spotted Elks, or the influence came from Mary Spotted Elks' um, own dancing career, um, uh, and how they were perceived by the public. Um, Mary Spotted Elk um, then names the girls one by one, and their associate title, like Gold Digger or The Russian Mystery. Um, I like this poem because it does highlight specifically the girls and brings out a bit of their character. And typically for showgirls, they are uh, sexualized and you would never really hear anything from them um, specifically. So to get a rare glimpse of who exactly the Aztec girls were or in general of who showgirls were at the time um, and what showbiz was at the time, um, it's kind of cool to see because you never really get to hear that. And then it kind of just also highlights the repetition of their job and and uh, how dedicated dancers are. Um, personally, to me, this poem wasn't very revealing, um, more or less, but it, it does give the readers the general idea of what it was like to be a dancer. Um, and dance is something that's important to um, Molly Spotted Elk, and I was happy to see her to incorporate her two passions together. Um, So I kind of just like that behind-the-scenes look of who they were and what they did. It kind of gave you kind of like that day-in-the-life type poem, and um, I actually really liked it. Um, Another poem of Molly Spotted Elk, that uh, caught my attention right off the bat, um, just off the title, because it was entitled Baby Girl. Um, I don't know really why it caught my attention, but it did. Um, So let me go ahead and share this one with you. Baby Girl. Your two bright eyes, they shine like diamonds. I long to see your, your hair and curls. I'd give the world to hold you, darling, and to call you Baby Girl. I have the picture, dear, you gave me. My Bible holds your little curl. In dreams again, again it seems, I hold you as I call you, baby girl. You say you long to see your daddy. I know you'll never prove untrue. The year seems oh so long, my darling, since I have been away from you. You'll soon grow up to be a lady and to go out into this great wide world. Darling, when I meet you, I, I still call you baby girl. Tonight I see your face before me, your dimpled cheeks and teeth like pearls. I reached to touch your little hand, dear, but you were gone, my baby girl. Um, so after I read this poem, I actually went to go do some research on 
um, Molly Spotted Elk's daughter to see if this was, you know, a poem about her. Because, um, you know, you just get the general gist, especially from the last stanza when she says, I reach out to touch your little hand, dear, but you are gone, my baby girl. Um, initially, you could to readers, it sounds like maybe she has passed away, but I'm, I did my research. I tried to find something, but maybe um, I clicked around about three, four articles, and I really couldn't find anything if it confirmed or not if she passed away at a young age or not. Um, so I can't say explicitly, but this poem does seem to suggest that. Um, and you can kind of just really feel some of the grief and the anguish in here as well. Um, and someone uh, that does have the goal to be a mother one day, um, especially to a baby girl. You could kind of feel a mother's pain of not being able to have her kid or have her daughter with her. Um, and then you just get this ambiguous feel that also maybe she's not dead and that she's just speaking that she's not here because she does talk about um, seeing her grow up. She says, uh, soon you'll grow up to be a lady and then go out in the great wide world. Darling, when I meet you, I still can call you baby girl. So uh, it's kind of up in the air if her daughter passed away or is this something larger um, of her not being with her daughter. Um, but, you know, it, you don't know because she does speak about the futures of meeting her daughter and seeing her grow old. But then she hits you with that next stanza of her daughter being gone Um so this one kind of threw me for a curve. I kind of wanted to give it back out to you guys too, see what you maybe may think or your own interpretation of it. But to me, it feels that, that her daughter um, may have uh, unfortunately passed away. Um, and if that is the case, this is a beautiful poem and how she does um, keep her memory alive. Uh, but that does conclude another episode. Um, I would like to thank you all for making it this far with me. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed Molly Spotted Elk as much as I did. Um, and have a great evening. The last poem I want to um, discuss is uh, entitled The Lost Soul of the Wilderness. And it goes as following. I heard it long ago, as long ago that long cry of the panther, the crying hoot of the owl's hoot, the heavy beats of the cow moose's canter. I thought I heard the whine of a fox and the wailing howl of a lonely wolf. Methought there was there was a cry of a locks, far off riding the back of the wolf, but all I really heard was the sighing breeze and the piercing cry of a diving loon. And all I saw were gaunt and budding trees beyond the dying sun above a friendly moon. Um, to me, that kind of just um, shows um, the loss of connection with nature. Maybe she had or she felt that society has had that uh, we've drowned out our, our natural like soundtrack of life with um, all the different things that we've had. Um, you know, just with modern tech, with modern technologies and everything. And the fact that she says um, all she saw were budding trees. So maybe um, she's speaking with, like, nature and, like, deforestation and how um, 
with the absence and loss of trees that, you know, like they had to tear trees down to like, you know, kind of make things civilized or settled. Um, we lost a lot of nature and something that obviously meant something to the Native American culture. Um, but she still does end it on a positive note saying beyond the dying sun above a friendly moon. So maybe that's not so positive, but there's like the just the position of the dying sun and a friendly moon. Um, or just maybe in the sunlight or in the daytime, we lose this aspect of nature that we gain in the night. Um, so I felt that that was interesting in this poem. Actually, kind of makes me think of like, what is the true lost soul of the world wilderness? Is it the fact that we've dr driven out the wilderness with modern technologies, or we just lacked the um, the patience to pay attention to it? So, you know, that's something I wanted to highlight for you guys.